Hello and welcome to the show. Go ahead and please uh, share this with family and friends, folks. We're going to get started here in just a moment. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our afternoon point of view. Lots of good things to talk about, so thanks for joining us here. Once we get going, if you've got uh, comments, just leave them in the comments section. We'll bring them up on screen, have some fun here, just have a fantastic discussion with all the news that is going on. So give it a few more seconds here, and we will jump in in just a moment. Even if you want to start with, hey, CDC says no mass outside if you've been vaccinated. Didn't you already know that? Were you wearing your mask outside if you were alone? If you were, that's fine. Let me know. Let us know. All right, that means things are wrapping up. It's time for us to jump into this great show we've got in store for you today. There's a ton of news going on, as I'm sure you've heard by now. Uh, CDC saying, hey, you don't need to wear a mask if you are outside alone. We're going to touch on that. Also, yesterday here locally, um, some people in West Fargo, they were out protesting at the West Fargo School Board meeting, suggesting we don't want any more masks on our kids. So I reached out to the president of the West Fargo School Board, Patty Stedman, asked her some questions. She sent me back a statement that I'm going to share with you a video uh, that the West Fargo School District School Board put up in regards to masks last August that I want you to see. I definitely want to get your take on that. But let's start here with the latest uh, on the CDC saying no masks if you've been fully vaccinated. So I got to know from you, even if you haven't been fully vaccinated and you've been outside by yourself, were you still wearing a mask? And what I would love to know, if you're by yourself and you were outside and no one's around you and you were wearing a mask, just tell us why. Put in the comment section. We can put them up on screen, have some fun here and create a great dialogue. But please share with me why you were wearing a mask outside if you were by yourself. would love to know uh, your thoughts on that. Darcy Ann says no mask. So Darcy, this is why I wanted to start today's show with this because I just think this is amazing. So the CDC comes out and says, hey, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask outside. So this came out, I don't know, maybe mid-morning or so, right? Came out mid-morning. Then this afternoon, President Joe Biden stood up to give a speech, okay? So keep in mind, CDC says, hey, fully vaccinated, there's no need for masks. I want to share something with you. And you tell me if this makes any sense. All right. Melissa says, why would someone wear a mask outside alone? Anyways, Melissa, <laughs> we are going to have so much fun on these shows. Melissa, you nailed it. Why would someone wear a mask outside if they're alone? Well, after this announcement from his own CDC, Joe Biden came out to do a press conference and see if you notice anything kind of interesting here. Do you notice anything? This is after the CDC made an announcement, folks. After the CDC said, hey, if you've been fully vaccinated, which we all know President Joe Biden's been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask, especially if you are by yourself. There's nobody within, what, 30, 40, 50 feet of this guy right now? <laughs> and what's he doing? He's wearing a mask. I just had to start the show today like this because I just think it is. It just it epitomizes where we're at, right? Here you've got the CDC coming out and saying, hey, you don't need a mask. And yet President Joe Biden, who we all know has been fully vaccinated, shows up 
<laughs> with a mask. And I got to give kudos because I think it was one of the NBC reporters at the end of the presser, which typically we know uh, President Biden doesn't take questions. And someone was like, hey, your CDC just announced that there was going to be no mask if you've been fully vaccinated. And yet you walk out here, you've been vaccinated in a full mask. Like what? What, what kind of message are you sending? Jennifer Jean, he was the only president that wore a mask on a Zoom call recently. You're right. That was, I think, in regards to, I think it was the climate day or the climate event that they had. So um, he had the mask on there. And I think this is why I wanted to bring this up, folks, because what what is the message that that is sending? So I'm going to share some different information with you here to give you an idea about what is going on, because it is mixed messages. And we see the vaccination things. Uh, the vaccination rate is now starting to go down. And you wonder why. So now they've kind of go from, hey, go get vaccinated to where they feel like they've got to kind of sell you or I'm going to use the word sell to be nice, but they got they have to sell you on why you should get vaccinated. So this was a document. I'm sure this way that just came out today. Um, and it's the first time which you'll see here in a moment. It's the first document. I'll blow this up a little bit for us here. But what I've got highlighted, this is the first set of public health recommendations for fully vaccinated people. Now, think about how often you and I, from Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, I mean, I, I can go on and on down the line, right? What was the mantra? Let's see if you can put it in the in the comment section here. What was the mantra when it came to what should we follow when it comes to COVID? What should you and I be following when it comes to COVID? I'm going to give you the answer. You and I were told, follow the science, right? Follow the science. That's what you and I have been told was follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Now, let me share with you. This is an excerpt that I put into a graphic here for you uh, from, from this document. I want you to, to notice something that's, I think, fascinating, Overview, currently authorized vaccines in the United States are highly effective at protecting vaccinated people against symptomatic and severe COVID-19. Additionally, a growing body of evidence suggests that fully vaccinated people are less likely to have asymptomatic infection. We get all that, but notice at the end here, folks, and I'm going to play a clip from Joe Biden again here in a moment. They go on to say, additionally, taking steps toward relaxing certain measures for vaccinated persons, meaning, hey, now you can go outside without a mask may help improve COVID-19 vaccine acceptance and uptake. What's been happening as of late because of the news of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, some of the other challenges that are going on, is you start to see the vaccination rates going down. People are a little bit skeptical because of mixed messages. When your CDC comes out and says, hey, guess what? You no longer need to wear a mask, right? And you know what? Thank you, Sharon. See, and this isn't about science anymore because I'm going to share with you the tweet that I put out. If, we can, if I can get this to come up for you uh, in one moment, which I will do. Follow the science or is there something else going on? And so when you have your CDC come out and say, hey, you don't need to wear a mask. And then the president of the United States comes out all by himself with a mask. Your brain goes, wait, what? I, I don't get it. I don't understand. And so. Uh, I think many of you are nailing what exactly is going on here is they are now trying to sell you on, hey, this is why you should get vaccinated. So because this is an important topic, I want to share with you a little bit about uh, what Joe Biden said today in his presser as well. So let me just set this this uh, clip up for you. I've got to get to a certain minute mark here to give you an idea of what he says. But again, just listen closely. Like, Look, I say this all the time on Point of View. <clears throat> you guys are probably one of the smartest audiences, if not the smartest audience out there today. And I want to have you listen to what President Biden says about vaccinations here and think about the demographic he speaks to, okay, and what the transmission rate is in this demographic. Again, does this make any sense to you or not? Here he is. If you're both been fully vaccinated and out in the open air, the CDC... Also clarify which outdoor activities are safer or less safe, depending on whether you've been vaccinated. The bottom line is clear. If you're vaccinated, you can do more things more safely, both outdoors as well as indoors. For, so for those who haven't gotten their vaccination, especially if you're younger, 
or think you don't need it, this is another great reason to go and get vaccinated now, now. Yes, vaccines are about saving your life, but also the lives of the people around you. But they're also about helping get us get back to closer to normal to our living, more normal living. So there you go. This is the way to get us back to a more normal living. I love how he leans and he's like, this is exactly why you should go get vaccinated now, now. All right, now I wanna get into something that happened locally here. So I'm gonna play a video for you. Um, very interesting video. And I'm gonna get this set up for us folks so that we can take it all in. And we're gonna bring in a special guest here in a few moments once I get this done. But um, last night, there was a West Fargo school board meeting and some people went to the school board meeting and ended up protesting that many of our kids are still wearing masks in school. So I reached out to the West Fargo school board president, Patty Stedman. I asked her some questions. She, she sent me back some answers. I'm going to go through that in a moment, but first I want to share this video with you. Now, this is from August of last year. There's a couple pieces in this video. This is about the West Fargo Public Schools speaking to their students and, of course, their faculty as well about wearing masks at school. Please pay attention to this video. It's about four minutes long. Okay, I'm gonna. I just want to play the whole thing for you, just to be fair to the West Fargo School District. And there's a couple pieces that really jump out to me that I'd like you to pay attention to. Put your comments in here and we absolutely will be putting them up on screen as this video plays. But pay attention to the entire four minutes. The first couple minutes, okay, you get it, right? But please pay attention to the entire four minutes as I play this. Wearing a mask to school. Tips to support your student for the 2020-2021 school year. Under the district's return to learn plan, all students will be expected to wear masks. This graphic shows when and where masks are expected based on the color-coded system outlined in North Dakota's Smart Restart program. Mask wearing is the new expectation based on the pandemic and reflects our commitment to student and staff safety. We will teach students how to wear masks in school, and there are strategies you can do at home to help your child adjust to this new normal. First, Teach your student how to wear the mask correctly. This means making sure the mask covers your mouth and nose when you are wearing it. It's also important to teach your child to avoid touching their face while wearing their mask. There are many products available to help make masks more comfortable. Some people find that attaching the elastic to a headband with buttons or a strip of fabric on the back of their head is easier if they need to wear the mask for a long time. A big part of making the mask comfortable is ensuring that it fits. Larger masks may be more difficult for young children to wear. There are some options for adjusting the size of certain masks, like those with strings instead of elastic that tie behind the ears. Find the perfect fit for your child. If possible, allow them to choose the style of mask that they like best. You can find masks with cartoon characters, Disney characters, TV shows, favorite activities, or even your student's name. By personalizing their mask, you can help your student have more ownership in it. By making it fun, you make it more likely that they are going to want to wear it. Help your child learn how to put their mask on by themselves and then keep their hands off. Being able to put Put on their mask on and off quickly can help the student feel more confident in their mask wearing ability. You can help your child by having them practice wearing their masks at home. Stay with us, have folks. Stay with us. Watch a TV show or play a game. Something fun that can help distract from it at first. And start small. You can also have your child practice wearing it on walks or to the store. Try to build up their stamina. So by the time school starts, they are able to wear it for an extended period of time. Remember, practice makes perfect. Pay attention. And finally, we need to normalize mask wearing, just like we do with other good habits. If we are consistent with our messages, kids will start to understand. 
let your child play with their mask. Put it on their stuffed animals or take pictures of them wearing it. Show them what an awesome job they're doing to help keep other people safe. Thank you for your support as we navigate how to safely educate the students of West Fargo Public Schools while addressing the community challenges of COVID-19. By working together, our educators, staff, healthcare, healthcare professionals, professionals, parents, students, and community members can help make this year successful for all. Please share your comments. A lot of them coming in here on this video. Just want you to take a moment and ask yourself, what's it like when you start building songs around stuff? I'm not going to color that conversation, that point of view. I just, like I've said before, you're one of the smartest audiences on the planet, the point of view community. So just ask yourself, man, you started making music about putting on masks? That's an interesting strategy, right? So love to know your thoughts on that. A lot of you asking who made this video. Some of you saw it before. Uh, I would invite you to please share this with friends and family uh, when we're done here today. Now, as I said before, I did reach out to the president of the West Fargo School Board. So I do want to share with you a little bit about uh, that conversation that took place here. It was just done via email. Um, but here's what took place. Hopefully you can see this and I'll go through with you. But I asked her some questions, which I'll get to in a moment. And then she sent me back this email. So first off, President Stedman, thank you so much for at least responding, folks. I think we've got to give her major kudos for that because I can't tell you how many elected leaders that I'll reach out to and don't hear anything back from. So thank you for this, uh, President Stedman. So she says, hello, Mr. Berg. No surprise, the mask question will continue to be a topic of conversation and complicated to sort out. I sent your questions to Heather Lees, our communications director, for, uh, for she works closely with our administrative and health department team. Our district primary goal is to have our students in person with their teachers full time. Mass have allowed us to that with minimal exposure to our students and staff. Feel free to follow up with her if you have any other questions. So then she's got my question and then her answer here, which I want to just go through with you. And a couple of things to know, because a lot of you are saying, hey, Chris, I feel like I'm forced to have my son or daughter wear masks in West Fargo, and I'll get to that in a moment. So I shared with her, hey, um, President Stedman, I saw some people were protesting at the West Fargo the West Fargo School Mass Policy meeting last night. So I was wondering if you could email me your current mass policy in the school district. She says, hey, Chris, the school does not have a policy on mask wearing. Every district was required to create a health and safety plan prior to the start of the school year. It is that plan that governs mask wearing in the district. Page nine of our return to learn plan covers mass. So I'll get back to this in a moment. Somebody did email me this information, so I want to go through with you. Here's, here's the actual uh, plan. I'm going to give you a better graphic of it so it's full screen. So this is what West Fargo Public Schools has. So again, we were just told from the president of the school board that there's no mask policy. Okay, so that I'm assuming is fair and accurate. The West Fargo Public Schools, though, are saying when it comes to masks, students, families, and staff will be required to supply and arrive to school with their own mask defined as a cloth, reusable, washable, or manufactured disposable mask covering that covers both the nose and mouth. Masks will be considered part of the district's dress code. So again, not necessarily a mask mandate, but they've made it now part of the dress code. Masks will be required in the following locations, on the bus, entering and exiting the building, hallway, bathroom, nurse's office, working in small groups. Students may have an opportunity to remove masks with permission from teacher in the classroom when six feet of physical distancing is possible. So we'd love to know your thoughts on that. We're going to get to your comments in a moment because I do want to go back and go through the rest of President Stedman's piece here. And then we're going to bring in our guest in a moment about an entirely different topic. So um, then I asked her because 
we all knew the CDC was going to make this announcement today about, hey, no mask outdoors. So do you ask kids to wear masks outdoors? She says at the end of February, our healthcare partners gave their support for students to utilize their outdoor resource time as a mask break. Um, are they required to wear masks while playing sports? That is a huge one. And I'm going to get to this in a moment as well. We required our middle school athletes to wear masks, but did not at the high school level. Then I asked, which I think is important, do you have data that shows that masks have stopped or prevented the spread of COVID? And she said, I would recommend that uh, you or he visit with public health about mask data. So I'm going to get to some comments here on this, and then I'm going to share with you some more information. Um, this is crazy. Miranda, thank you for the comments. Everybody, thank you so much. Um, Alexis has got another comment coming in. So if you've got a point of view on this, please share this. Um, Tara or Tara, excuse me if I'm not saying that correctly. But so the research he says here at the end, I'm going to read this. At the meeting, we discussed where was the quarantine requirement legally. We also discussed that when they take the recommendation from Cash Public Health and Essentia, I stated that, of course, they are going to be COVID specific and recommendations. She goes on to say the research has some concerning effects physically, emotionally, and socially. So I'm gonna to get to that here in a moment as I share my screen. So just bear with me for a second um, because I've got some interesting information to share with you. So here's the thing, and I, and I wanna be fair about this because I know that this mask thing is such a heated conversation, okay? This is the North Dakota Department of Health uh, COVID cases laid out, their, their data, their graphics. I've been bringing this up a ton on point of view. Would obviously love to know your point of view in this, but I think it's fair to, to show this, that it was November 14th. Hopefully the date will come up. Normally it does, but it's not today, of course. But November 14th, here we go, is when Governor Doug Burgum instituted the statewide mask mandate. All right. So you can see here the number four. I mean, it was essentially the day that it peaked in COVID cases was right around number November 14th. Governor Bergen then puts in a statewide mask mandate. And you can see here the numbers start to drop dramatically. So the question I continue to ask people is say, is this the cause? Is the, the statewide mask mandate cause these numbers to drop or is it just simply a correlation? We don't know, but I would love to know your point of view on that. Is that a causation or a correlation when it comes to the statewide mask mandate and what you saw from the numbers there? Now, a couple of things to note, again, to be fair, um, this is a study from the CDC, talks about community use of cloth masks to control the spread of COVID. So I'm going to share with you uh, what the CDC says here as far as the conclusion. If you want to read this thing in its entirety, obviously you can do that, but here's what the conclusions say. Experimental and epi epidemio epidemiological data <laughs> support community masking to reduce the spread of SARS-CoV-2. The prevention benefit of masking is derived from the combination of source control and personal protection for the mask wearer. The relationship between source control and a personal protection is likely complementary and possibly synergistic so that individual benefit increases with increasing community mask use. A little bit jargony, right? But that's what their conclusions are, suggesting that, hey, masks do have an impact on lowering the rates of COVID. So, again, to give both sides of this conversation, hopefully this will come up. And I'm sure you've seen the fact that YouTube actually purged a video where the Florida governor was doing an event with a couple of um, doctors. And for whatever reason, my computer's little bit here it is. Video over claims children don't need to wear mass. So you had a couple doctors in this in this meeting. In fact, Tucker Carlson had the clip last night, but uh, where you had doctors saying, you know what, they don't really need to be wearing masks. If you want to look into more of that, you can. The other thing that was brought up last night, and I'm trying to put my mouse over this particular area, but this is a doctor. This is in Colorado Springs. There was another citywide meeting about masks on kids in schools. Dr. Mary Harrow or Haros is a family practitioner in Colorado Springs. She told the District 11 board that the data is overwhelming. And Tara, I'm coming back to your comment here. She says the data is overwhelming regarding harmful physiological and psychological effects of covering the face. She said masks can cause low oxygen and high carbon, high carbon, carbon dioxide levels, shortness of breath, toxicity, inflammation, 
increase stress hormones and sugar in the body and create fear, anxiety, headaches, compromised cognitive performance, and other issues. So that's a doctor. That's a doctor. Love to know your point of view. A lot of great comments coming in here. And then I want to get to our guest, but I want to make sure that we give our comments here a chance to be seen. And if you want to share your point of view, please, de- please do so. Sharon, time to return to normalcy. The gig is up. People have woke up and it won't be fine much longer by parents. Uh, Melissa, Chris, this is really because of the switch from PCR testing to rapid testing. I believe the mass mandate was put in place in order to cover that up. Melissa, thank you. I have a lot of people that have been reaching out to me. For those of you that are familiar with the PCR test, <clears throat> I did a live stream on this a while back where the North Dakota Department of Health, and if someone has a video and they want to put it here in the comment section, please do so. But the North Dakota Department of Health did a video regarding the PCR test. One of the that's important to note is that you've got different ways that you can utilize the PCR test. And when you've got a higher cyclical or cycle number in the PCR test, the more likely you are to get false negatives. We had a pretty high cycle test. That's that's essentially what they call it, cycle test in the North Dakota PCR test. So was there a high rate of false positives? I don't know if anyone really has any clarity on that. But Melissa, a great comment there. Kim Rock, it peaked at that time in other states as well that didn't do a statewide mandate. I'm assuming, Kim, you're referring to uh, South Dakota. The one, I think, caveat with the South Dakota situation is that they weren't testing as aggressively as we were. So does that impact anything? Again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I just think that's an important variable to be aware of. Um, Timing was suspicious. Bismarck schools dropped their mask mandates. This would be legit science. The problem is Everyone has their experts. That's why parents should decide that. My experts are different than the superintendent. And I think that's what people essentially are starting to say is, look, just provide people with choice. I think what's really important to know when you look at young people inside schools, I mean, they're not, there's, not, there's not a huge contagion from young people to other people. Uh, I think it was only 10% of actual cases in the entire country took place in people, I think, 5 to 17 years old. So it's not like schools or those places have been super spreader places. I think that's important to note is we've got our kids back in schools. Um, thank you, John. Exactly. I thought kids weren't supposed to be susceptible to virus. They're really not. Like I just mentioned, according to the CDC, I don't have that particular study up, but I was doing a bunch of uh, research earlier today. It was 10% of the, of the total cases were in the demographic of five to 17 or 18 years old. So now, can they spread the disease to older people, especially if you've got you know, some maybe immunodeficiency situations? Yes, you could. Oh, Melissa, thank you. If this is the actual video and I can figure out how to put this up, I will figure that out, Melissa, and thank you very much. So hopefully I will get a chance to bring that up at some point here um, back in the show. So please share your point of view with us. I appreciate everybody joining us here and, and having this conversation. We're going to do much more many more, I should say, consistent, regular shows like this because there's just so much news happening these days. We simply can't cover it all in the 22 minutes we have in Point of View. And I think that it's important that we have a good analysis. Our community here at Point of View has these kind of conversations to say, hey, um, this is what's happening. This is what I'm seeing and that we all can come together and uh, help each other as a community to really get to the truth. I mean, I don't know about you, but boy, my head spins sometimes trying to figure out, you know, what's so and what's not. I want to get to one more comment that we're going to bring in our guest, John Trandum, here in just a moment. Sharon says, isn't it odd the health officials haven't educated the public on bill? Thank- oh, my gosh. Sharon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is one of the things I love about Dr. Scott Jensen. He's running for governor in Minnesota. Dr. Jensen, we had him on recently. He said, Chris, look, I'm a doctor. One of the things I'm encouraging people to do is take your zinc, take your vitamin D, get some exercise, build up your immune system. Now, is that going to be the end all be all for everybody? Probably not, but it definitely can make a difference. And if we're going to be forced to put a mask on, then let's do whatever we can to make a difference to help mitigate the situation as quickly as possible. So Sharon, um, phenomenal comment there. I appreciate that. And I think all of us should be doing what we can to help improve um, our own health and our own immune system. So thank you for this. I want to uh, go to another topic now and bring in a very special guest. John Tranum is going to join us 
Uh, he called me earlier today. John, first off, thanks so much for, for joining us today. You had called me earlier today and talked about a certain bill that was going to impact elections in North Dakota. Initially, it passed with flying colors. And since there's been some changes, share with us what's happening, sir. Hey, Chris, thanks for the opportunity to be on. Uh, yes, House Bill uh, 1253 is the bill in question, and uh, it passed uh, the House, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, 93 to 1, and then it went on to pass the Senate with minor amendments, not having anything to do with this language that uh, that has become the issue now, uh, 43 to 4, I think, so, so major uh, victories of passage in both uh, chambers of our legislature. And then all of a sudden, right out of nowhere, uh, a couple of legislators, Senator Judy Lee and Senator uh, Ray Holmberg, uh, had taken taken issue with some language in the bill that they apparently didn't notice before. Uh, in fact, nobody seemed to have noticed it before, which makes me wonder whether anyone read the bill, I guess. And I recognize these guys are busy. These are legislators. They've got a lot to do. Uh, they've got a lot of bills to deal with. This is the, the waning days of the legislative session. So, so they're busy. I get it. Uh, but all of a sudden they took issue with some language in the bill, uh, which required that voters get more information on the ballot. And whenever you can give voters more information on the ballot, that's a good thing. I don't think anyone would disagree with me. Well, I shouldn't say anyone because a lot of our Senate and House disagrees with me. But most normal <laughs> people would say if you can give voters more information, there's absolutely no one, uh, reason in the world not to. So what it did is it gave voters more information about the process by which they arrived on the ballot. So there's two different ways to get on the ballot, either by petition, where you go and gather signatures uh, from, I, I don't know, it's a percentage of the vote uh, total in the district from a previous election. We're getting into the weeds there. But what it amounts to is it's a percentage of votes. They have to get signatures and then they can get on the ballot. Now, they can get on whatever ballot they want. If they want to be a Democrat, they're a Democrat. If they want to be a Republican, they're a Republican. If they want to be a Libertarian, they're a Libertarian. Uh, because they got signatures and they said so. So the other way to get on the ballot is to be endorsed by a party, whether that's the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Libertarian Party, and you get endorsed by competing in conventions, state uh, Republican endorsing convention and district conventions, all of which are a function of volunteers putting their time and their money and their energy into organizing their districts and vetting candidates, interviewing candidates, inviting them to events to speak to the group, and ultimately taking a vote, it is a democratic process, and deciding which candidate they want to endorse. So what this language would do is it would put that, uh, that designation on the ballot. So let's say Chris Berg decides to run in District 16 for the House of Representatives, and he garners the endorsement of the Di District 16 Republican Party, it will say Republican Chris Berg endorsed. Uh, if he does not get the endorsement of the party, he can petition to, to get on the ballot. And then it would say uh, Republican Chris Berg petition. So it would give the voters uh, the ability to determine whether or not he arrived on that ballot by petition or by party endorsement. For some reason, and I can speculate as to what that reason is, uh, <laughs> many senators decided, no, we don't want to give voters that information. And uh, they've literally stalled the bill, sent it back to conference committee and have demanded that that information or that uh, that provision of the bill, which is a big bill with a lot of good stuff, good reforms in it. Uh, but they're effectively holding this bill hostage uh, to remove that language and deny the voters access to that information via the ballot. And you think that's because of why? Well, I don't think I know it's because. They're afraid that, God forbid, they don't get the endorsement of their legislative district and someone finds out about it. You know, that is, in their minds, apparently that's a terrible, terrible thing. Now, the reality is the people who are opposing this, uh, this language most vocally are people that have been in the legislature for 10, 20 years and could probably win the election on the Green Party ballot if that's what they decided <laughs> to run. But like I said, uh, they don't want the public to know there's some sort of a paranoia apparently among legislators where, oh golly, if I don't get the endorsement of my district, uh, that's okay. I'll just run as a petition candidate on the primary ballot anyway, and I'll disregard all of the volunteers who voted to endorse a different candidate. And don't you dare go out telling the voters that I didn't get the endorsement because that would be embarrassing after after having been elected six times in the you know in the last six elections. 
So what it amounts to is these are we have a citizen legislature. It's made up of citizens, but unfortunately, some of those citizens feel that their name is carved in stone uh, with a with a number, uh, you know, district number by it, and their seat is reserved for them and only them, and nobody else has any right to go for that seat. And if anything happens that could potentially sully their good name, uh, then they need to uh, take advantage of the, the, their ability to write laws and prevent that from happening. So they're using the law to deny voters the information that they have every right to see on the ballot. And it's, a, it's effectively a slap in the face to all of the volunteers who put their time and energy into organizing districts and conducting these conventions. They're saying, we don't need you. Just let me run. Let me win like I always do. And just keep quiet about it. So is this bill essentially now dead? Well, it's going back into conference committee. So as, as it stands, it's going back to conference committee. They've made certain demands that this language be stricken from the bill. And uh, if the language is not stricken from the bill and it goes back to a vote of the floor, I don't know if they're going to kill them. I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to kill the bill over this one provision, over giving voters information on the ballot, they're going to kill a bill with a lot of very important and necessary reforms. I don't know. I mean, I don't either, my friend. I just always appreciate you reaching out and giving us great information here and uh, appreciate you kind of schooling us up as to what happens so people can keep an eye on it. If you get more information, uh, please let us know, okay? Thank you, Chris. It's a little in the weeds, but this is uh, the, at the, bo the bottom line is we need to give our citizens the information so that they can cast the vote and they can decide who represents them. It's exactly it, man. That's why I was glad to have you on, tell people what's happening. So, John, we appreciate the insight very much and just keep us in the loop. God bless you, my friend. Take care. God bless you too, buddy. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. I want to put up a comment here, folks. I mean, you can see this video that I just put up. I'm going to share with you this in a moment, but check this out. Um, today, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee had a hearing about algorithms and amplifications, how social media platforms design choices to shape our discourse and our minds. And our minds. You may remember we had Charlie Kirk on recently talking about Hey, get these phones out of your kids' hands. So I want to read Brian's comment here first, and then we'll get to um, some testimony that took place in the social media bit here in just a moment. Brian says, I get a feeling the continual massive push for masks is to keep it going long enough so that they can entrap children in the vaccine freedoms. I'm sure this summer they will magically have completed trials to authorize children to be stuck. I don't know what that means to be stuck, but... Um, they will hold hostage parents that have reservations of doing so and give them the same pitch, that they can have their freedoms to do more stuff. Brian, um, you're saying it better than I could, right? I mean, I think that's what we saw earlier today, Brian, when I would mentioned, and I can't share it with you now, Brian, but, um, well, let me see. Maybe I can. Give me a moment, please. Right here, folks. When I said th this is how they are going to start to entice you. Remember, President Biden recently came out and said, hey, hey, you. You take this vaccine, I'm going to give you a little tax break, right? You want some time off from work? Paid? Get me paid. <laughs> you want some time off from work? Paid? Just get the vaccine. Just get the vaccine. And so what they said today here in this vaccine piece was additionally taking steps towards relaxing certain measures for vaccinated people will also help the vaccine acceptance and uptake. And I share this because you've seen the vaccination rates in America start to decline because of the news from J&J &J and AstraZeneca. So now they're saying, OK, let me show you some ways that I can either pay you or talk about more freedoms if you get yourself vaccinated. OK, now I want to go back to this hearing here and it's going to take me a moment to find the piece that I want. But I thought that this hearing is so important because you can see, I mean, it talks about how social media platforms shape our minds. So if you've got kids out there that are stuck to the phone, Laura, thank you. F folks, before I get to this, we're going to start doing more of these. And one of the things that we're going to discuss is books, right? And how so many books are, and I look at 1984, Brave New World from Eldis Huxley, we're so prescient with what's happening in today's world. And so I want to start to have these conversations with you uh, because we're just, we're such a phenomenal, smart community here in point of view that I think these dialogue together, we all can learn from each other at the same point in time will also empower us as we go out in our communities to have em empowered and powerful 
conversations with family and friends and other leaders. So um, I'm putting that together. We'll have something either the end of this week or next week, but just know that we're going to be doing a lot more of these live stream type shows uh, so that you and I can help each other learn and grow and empower ourselves to get out in our communities and take actions to preserve our freedoms. One of the questions in A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley is, hey, and I'm going to ask you guys that are listening, is it better to be happy or is it better to be free? And I'm going to put this in, in this comment section here. Is it better to be happy or is it better to be free? Hopefully you can hear me typing because I think that question is so interesting. If you've ever read a brave new world and even really 1984 for that matter. Right. And so I bring part of this up now because now I'm going to get to this testimony here. And there was a gentleman that hopefully I can find fairly easily. It may take me a little while. So just please give me a break. Policy. Um, sworn. We must. These were built in the first here we place. Go. Have affected it back. Finally, as other servants, we also rely on regulation moving toward into more in the world. So give me a moment here. I'm going to bring this gentleman up. Thank you, uh, Senator Coons, uh, Senator Sass, and Chairman Durbin. Um, it's an honor to be here with you today. Um, uh, my background is I used to be a design ethicist at Google. Uh, that was before uh, recently featuring in the film The Social Dilemma, uh, which many of you might have seen. Um, which really has the insiders who understood how these technologies were built in the first place have affected society. My friends in college were some of the people who ended up working at these companies in the very early days, uh, including my uh, friends Mike and Kevin, who actually started Instagram. And what we really are, are missing in this conversation is uh, a focus on the business model and the intrinsic nature of what these platforms are about not because they're evil and none of the people who are here with us today are uh you know intentionally causing any harm um neither do i believe that the tech companies who created these these systems have intentionally uh, wanted any of these harms to happen but we're now in a situation where if we don't diagnose the problem correctly we're going to be in a bit of trouble um while you're hearing you know from uh, the folks here today about the dramatic reductions in harmful content borderline content hiring ten thousands more content moderators etc it can sound very uh, convincing, but at the end of the day, a business model that preys on human attention uh, means that we are worth more as human beings and as citizens of this country when we are addicted, outraged, polarized, narcissistic, and disinformed, because that means that the business model was successful at steering our attention using automation. And we are now sitting through the results of 10 years of this psychological deranging process. Uh, that have warped our national communications and fragmented the Overton window and the shared reality that we need as a nation to coordinate to deal with our real problems, which are existential threats like climate change, the rise of China, pandemic, uh, education and infrastructure. Um, so long as these companies profit by turning the American conversation into a cacophony, into a kind of Hobbesian war of all against all, because that is the, the business model again, of not the advertising, but the model of everyone getting a chance to speak and have it go viral to millions of people. So long as that is the promise with personalization, we are each going to be steered into a different rabbit hole of reality, which Joan uh, will, will, will do such a good job of talking about. Um, if you care about or believe that masks work, you will see infinite evidence that masks work. If you click on a couple articles that say uh, masks don't work, and here's the you know stats in Florida showing that the, the, the data was different, uh, you will see infinite evidence that masks don't work. And then we're pitted against each other with this sort of uh, infinite virality uh, where anything that something is said can, can go viral. Um, and uh, fundamentally, this is breaking uh, many different aspects of the, the nation's fundamental life organs. For children, uh, increased cyberbullying uh, leads to an increase in suicide. It takes momentary drama uh, and it turns it into drama snowballs that drown out the effects of teachers and classrooms who have to spend two hours on Monday morning clearing up all the drama that occurred on social media over the weekend. Um, it can reverse uh, huge progress that we've made in, uh, in civil rights uh, and, and uh, not perpetuating racial stereotypes by increasing online harassment and rewarding the presentation. So you get the gist of what this gentleman's saying and 
I wish I had it set up right now because I would play it for you. But it was a week and a day ago. I had a chance to sit down and visit with Charlie Kirk. And if you don't know Charlie Kirk, president, founder of Turning Point USA. And we started talking about what's happening with technology. Now, if you've ever seen the movie Ready Player One, and I guess maybe I should ask if you've ever seen the movie Ready Player One, because that's where we're headed, to this dystopian society. And I'm going to see if I can bring this up for you just to give you the trailer. Because I think if you if you haven't seen the movie, you begin to understand uh, where things are going as far as a nation, as a world, right? I mean, we're all going to be living in these sort of VR, AR worlds. And I, I hope that this trailer here does a good job of displaying it because I haven't seen this yet, but I do want to bring it up for you right now and give you a chance. Uh, I do not want the government telling me where I can and can't go, what I can and can do. God and freedom is, thank you, Julie. This, folks, this is why we're going to start having these conversations much more in depth to empower ourselves. Please share your points of view here on these live streams so that we can empower ourselves to get inside our communities and take action to preserve our freedoms. If you're just joining us, as we were just talking about a moment ago, is it better to be free or is it better to be happy? Right. Because if you read the Brave New World, this is where I think Brave New World is sort of ready player one, where you're going to be able to go into this VR, virtual reality, AR, augmented reality world, get these hits of dopamine and be like, ah, you know what? Hey, I understand that I don't really have any freedoms, but at least I'm getting these dopamine hits. My life's pretty good. That's where things are going if you look at ready player one. So let me bring this um, up for you. And again, I have not seen this trailer, so I hope this does a good job of talking about where things are headed from an AR VR uh, reality. Let's check it out and see what it's got. My name is Wade Watts. I didn't pick that name because it sounded like a superhero's alter ego, like Peter Parker or Bruce Banner. But he died when I was a kid, my mom too. And I ended up here. Sitting here in my tiny corner of nowhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere. Except the oasis. A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. Can you feel this? Um, yeah. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. The Oasis was the brainchild of James Halliday. Hello. If you're watching this, I'm dead. I created a hidden object, an Easter egg. The first person to find the egg will inherit half a trillion dollars and total control of the Oasis itself. Who is this Parzival? And how the hell is he winning? Find him. This is just a game. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. The Oasis, the world's most important economic resource. It's nothing less than a war for control of the future. Welcome to the rebellion, Wade. Like many of you, I only came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than just myself. Are you willing to fight? Help us save the Oasis. Did you notice what he said? I mean, you guys have kids, right? You got gamers. But one of the things that's jumped out to me that he said there when he's in the Oasis is this is the only place where I feel like I have meaning. It's a powerful statement. I'm sure you've seen stories out there of kids that are gamers. They get so addicted. They forget to eat. They forget to sleep. And then a lot more issues happen due to that. 
So this is one of the things we want to be privy to. We're going to have a lot more of these conversations regarding uh, where things are headed right now in our society. That's why I wanted you to see this hearing today from the U.S. Senate Judicial Committee regarding about social media algorithms trying to control people's minds, which in other words, I wish they would have just said control your dopamine hits because that's what's going on with social media. If you've ever watched the social media dilemma, I think it's it's called on Netflix. Um, so please share this live stream with family and friends. Uh, I think we're going to do more of these pretty much every day at 4 p.m. I've got to figure out the right time, but that seems to be about the right fit. If you have some suggestions on topics, shows, things you want us to talk about, uh, please hit me up on Facebook or Twitter, email, whatever's easiest for you. But send me your suggestions for things that matter to you and your family, topics you want to talk about. We're going to reverse engineer the show then and really um, be community oriented. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the point of view community and just the the knowledge, the information, the passion that each and every one of you bring to this community every day. It's it's such a blessing to be a part of. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, great show. Be sure and join us tonight, 6.30 p.m. on KX4. If you're out in Western North Dakota, it's on West Dakota Fox. Uh, but we'll be talking more about the CDC, the masks. And in case you're just joining us, the, the Joe Biden thing that happened with that. Um, also, good interview with the mayor of Thief River Falls talking about Line 3, Enbridge Line 3, getting basically reconstructed, the importance of that, what it means from an economic standpoint, what it means from a revenue standpoint for tax revenue for people up in northern Minnesota. Um, so it should be a really, really great show. As always, thanks so much for joining us here. Uh, we're going to sign off and we'll see you back very, very soon.